This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Hello and welcome to Saver, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about Five Spice. Yes. Uh, was there any particular reason this was on your mind, Lauren? Uh, sure-ish. Um, uh, I, um, I had been thinking about trying to do another Spice-related episode and... Uh, and being that it is kind of uh, the holiday season or the holiday season is upon us, um, it has risen <laughs> back up from the depths and it has brought Mariah Carey with it. Um, <laughs> I mean, no offense to Mariah Carey, but I did love all those memes <laughs> of like popular Halloween <laughs> icons shutting down <laughs> yes. her, her song just because you get a whole month. Come on now. Just just wait your turn. Just yeah. Wait. Yeah, yeah, it's it's after Thanksgiving. I'm fine with this now, but uh, yes. okay. But but at any rate, so uh, <laughs> I feel like every year, more and more, I see recipes online that are like, "Hey, in your holiday cooking or baking, um, if you were going to use, you know, one of these kind of like warm holiday spices, or perhaps pumpkin pie spice, or something like that, why not try subbing in um, Chinese five spice?" Uh, because it'll be heckin' delicious. And um, I do have friends who have done this. I, uh, my, my dear friend, uh, Daryl, uh, would make like a, like a hot buttered rum spiced with, with five spice. And it was a lot, um, but in a good way. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah. That's interesting because I feel like I had a specific idea of what you use Five Spice for, but when I was looking at what's in it, I was like, of course, that makes sense. You could use it. You know, of course, like the, depending on who, who is making it, because it is kind of easy to kind of make, uh, tailor to your own taste, uh-huh, make uh-huh. at home, um, that you could use it for a lot of things that are, w- I would not have thought you could use it for. There are certainly kind of traditional preparations that use it mm. and less traditional, um, which is, mm-hmm. you know, the weird and wonderful thing about food. It's true. It's true. And I believe everyone listening to this, if you've been listening for a minute, knows that I am someone, <laughs> I'm constantly substituting for things. I'm constantly <laughs> like, well, this is what I have. Uh-huh. I'm so certainly not going out and getting that other thing. So <laughs> no. here we are. 
<laughs> no, but I did buy some Chinese five spice. Even oh. though I could have made it, I have all of the ingredients for really? it. The typical. Okay. The typical ingredients, I will say, because it's not always the same. It is certainly not. Nope, nope, mm-hmm. nope, nope. As with many spice blends, it's kind of what what do you like? What do you have on hand? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Indeed, indeed. But I did buy some, <laughs> and I'm very excited about it. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and speaking of these ingredients, so you can see our episodes on cinnamon, Szechuan peppercorns, cloves, fennel, star anise, uh, ginger, nutmeg, and licorice. Uh, maybe orange, black pepper. Uh, a lot of things do end up on in, in this spice blend, but. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, we've done a lot of these already, which is fun. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And I, mm-hmm. what, what weird, generally upsetting, excellent stories they all are. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I guess that brings us to our question. I guess it does. Five spice. What is it? Well, uh, Five Spice is an open-ended blend of spices uh, and or herbs that lends warm, complex seasoning to all kinds of dishes. It is not made up of precisely five ingredients. Uh, The five here refers to the five flavors considered primary in some cuisines or perhaps ideologies, um, and those are sweet, bitter, sour, pungent or spicy, um, and salty or savory. more on that in a second. So yeah, uh, as you might have uh, caught on to by now, those ingredients can be a lot of things, but they tend to include kind of like warm, woody, uh, sort of medicinal flavored things like star anise, cassia cinnamon, cloves, nutmeg, and or fennel seeds, plus a little bit of a kick from things like uh, black pepper and or Sichuan peppercorn. And the idea here is to have a balance of the five flavors within whatever you choose. Yeah. Um, the ingredients can be used whole to uh, simmer into sauces or braises or stews or mulled wine or whatever other kind of liquid you're simmering. Um, or they can be ground or powdered um, and applied to all kinds of dishes from like dry rubbed meats to baked goods. Uh, yeah, it, it's a it's a warm, complex, bitter multi-dimensional spice blend. Um, it's like a, it's like if you put all of your winter holiday spices in a blender with your wreath. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's like pumpkin pie spices, older sibling. Um, mm. it's like, okay. I, I feel like it's the flavor equivalent to that scene in 2001, a space odyssey, uh, where Dave, the astronaut is in that like rainbow Stargate wormhole tunnel thing, like just having this mind opening experience of so much all at once, but like it's pretty great, you know? (laughs) These are glowing reviews for (laughs) Five Spice. (laughs) I love it. Every time you do these, I'm like, we should make t shirts about all of your descriptions. (laughs) Be fantastic. Let's get let's get what the tea public on the line. Do we still yeah. have a shop there? And speaking we do. of speaking of the holidays, oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Search for savor or possibly food stuff on tea public. There you mm-hmm. go. Um mm-hmm. we've got designs that make references to what we were talking about five years ago. But one does include an astronaut. It does. So. It does. 
<laughs> so <laughs> we'll try to update it, hopefully. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, we should do that. I wonder. I wonder. Okay. Yeah. Great, great, great. Conversation for mm-hmm. later. Um, mm-hmm. back, to, back to Five Spice. Okay. So, yes, the five flavors here come from traditional Chinese medicine, which does not precisely line up with like the modern American idea of flavor profiles. Um, I'd say that like like to us, when we're talking about flavor, would categorize it into um, like bitter, sweet, sour, savory, salty, and spicy. In traditional Chinese medicine, a pungent is applied to like kind of a range of foods that I'd say are savory spicy, like a wine, ginger, hot pepper, fennel, onion, um, tangerine, stuff like that. Um, and then their salty is a range of like savory to salty foods like um, seaweed, ham, duck, and barley. Uh, so yeah, if, if, if some of these ingredients aren't like matching up in your mind with what you're picturing when you hear these, these flavor words, then that's why. Um, but right, uh, all kinds of ingredients can go in there. The idea is having a balance, so different things can be subbed in or out depending on what you have and what you want. Uh, dried citrus peel, specifically mandarin orange or uh, tangerine, makes its way in there. Uh, ginger or black cardamom or uh, galangal, galangal. I've heard it both ways on merriamwebster.com, so who knows? <laughs> um, they're, they're all related to uh, uh, ginger. Uh, yeah, those things, um, dried licorice root regular cardamom, uh, white pepper, and uh, other dried roots from various aromatic members of the carrot family. Uh, salt does not usually go into five-spice blends, um, although usually something salty like soy sauce will be part of your liquid component for cooking uh, a savory dish flavored with five-spice. And yet, yeah, you can mix your own out of anything that you like. Um, you can also purchase it as a mix of whole spices or as a ground powder. A friend of show, Spicewalla, makes some. So check yeah. that out if you'd like to. Um, mm-hmm. If you are making a blend at home, make sure to toast your spices first, um, like carefully in a dry pan on low heat on the stovetop, maybe in the oven if that's what you're working with. Um, toasting spices really brings out the flavor. Good advice generally for using spices. Check online for a guide if you're unfamiliar with this process. Um, it's easy to overtoast, and uh, them's is expensive. So, yeah. But at any rate, you're going to hopefully wind up with a blend that has these, like, cooling herbal notes from things like the fennel seed and the cloves and then like warm almost sweet woody notes from like the cinnamon and uh, anise spicy notes from things like the peppercorn and ginger and yeah you can use it at that point to make uh savory sauces or sweet syrups to add to all kinds of braises or stews or roasts to uh, add kick to deep fry breading, yeah, uh, to flavor pastries or candies, to flavor tea or cold beverages or alcohol, however you'd use a spice blend. Um, it can be kind of overwhelming, um, like a little goes a long way. Many recipes recommend uh, steeping it into a sort of like tea marinade kind of situation or a sugar syrup before adding it to your recipe just so you can like control that wallop of flavor. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I've got a lot of cravings for some <laughs> some pork, some duck. Um, oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, I um. <laughs> there's like nine different things that I really want right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, that's the thing about spices, right? Because you can add them to all kinds of things, but this is a very distinctive 
profile. It is. It is. Yes. Well, <laughs> what about the nutrition? Ah, uh, you're not usually consuming enough of it for like for it to really make a nutritive difference. Um, it will add a lot of flavor for your caloric buck, and uh, there is a lot of research into how extracts of the spices that generally go into this blend might act uh, in, in our food and in our bodies. Um, like many of these plants do have uh, antimicrobial properties that partially explain why humans glommed on to them in the first place. You know, like they might have helped preserve our foods. And in our bodies, they may have antioxidant properties. But like more research is necessary, uh, save our motto before consuming a medicinal amount of anything. Uh, consult a medical professional who is not us. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we do have some numbers for you. Oh, uh, we have like two numbers. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was difficult to track down for this one, like, because certainly, right, this is a blend that's sold industrially, but it's like more traditionally a homemade product. So anyway, um, as of 2020, spice market research showed that 41% of Americans had heard of Five Spice, but only 24% had ever had it. Hmm. I'm not doubting these survey participants, but I'm wondering if they've had it, didn't know they had oh, it. Oh, oh, sure. Sure, possibly. Um, also, like, yeah, like, it's, I feel like, I read that number and I was like, that is so low. Um, but then I was, like, checking my bubble. Like, I was like, yeah. am I just in this bubble of, like, of course I know what that is and of course I've had it. It's in my kitchen right now. What's going on? Right. Um, but I grew up in a food household and I run a food podcast. I <laughs> kind of a special case in more ways than one kind of a special case. Right. <laughs> in the best way, Lauren. No, no. Thanks, Annie. Oh, heck. <laughs> uh, at any rate, if the number, if the numbers are that low, then uh, we can also say that spice use is going up worldwide. Um, and one report that I read said that the global market for five spice seasoning in particular, is on track to be worth some um, $640 million by 2028. Wow. This is something I would love to hear from listeners about, about whether if this is something that you grew up with, if it's something that you made in your home, or did you buy it commercially? And oh, uh, there's yeah, no yeah. judgment from me. Please know that. Is, oh, zero <laughs> percent. Um, yeah, yeah. Also, if you've never had it, or if you don't think that you have, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Let us let us know. Always let us know. Yeah, always let us know. And recipes. Yes, please. Oh, please. Certainly. Definitely. <laughs> well, <laughs> we do have quite a history for you. Oh, we do. Um, but first, we've got a quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials 
cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And again, uh, please see the episodes we've done on the specific ingredients that come together to make Chinese spice spice, specifically the main ones, because as we said, it can be a lot of things. It can. It can. Um, uh, yeah, like like very basically, uh, the Spice Road uh, brought together these products in different places at different times, and they were often the most expensive and in-demand thing being traded during the era of, like, mostly land-based travel. They also, like, sort of spurred the era of water-based travel. Um, and each one is its own complicated thing. Yes, very much is. Um, and that being said, the origin of Chinese five spice powder is very unclear, but many think it originated with traditional Chinese medicine. Um, the popular explanation is that it was meant to balance the five primary flavors utilized in the country's cuisine, as Lauren said, um, sweet, salty, sour, pungent, and bitter. And these were in turn aligned with, or perhaps just reflective of, um, the five primary elements. Earth, fire, metal, water, and wood. And yes, I'm ashamed to say that I went on a Captain Planet. Uh, <coughs> my mind got very confused, but I'm back now. Okay, okay, that's good. That's Welcome back, Annie. <laughs> but the song was in my head for a long time, Lauren. Uh, and it wasn't correct uh, with the information. Yeah, no. Uh, well, anyway. Um, <laughs> By balancing these things, it was believed that one could find balance and harmony in body and mind. Uh, yeah, there, there's an idea within traditional Chinese medicine that these five flavors each relate to uh, specific organs and bodily processes, um, and that you want to pay attention to all five. Uh, myths place the origins of this, this five-flavor ideology around 2000 BCE or so, but who knows? Um, mystery's history. Uh, certainly the concept was established by around 400 BCE because uh, Taoist philosophy dating back to around then talked about the five flavors in different ways. Um, many, uh, many of these philosophies seem to have used the idea of their combination as sort of a counterpoint to the ideal of, of simplicity or straightforwardness. Um, like uh, like Lao Tzu, uh, often considered the founder of Taoism, said that the five flavors would cause you to not taste at all um, in the idea that they'd like overwhelm your senses and that that was bad. Um, mm -hmm. 
But of course, there were other philosophies in play. Uh, by the 300 CE, the historical slash political text uh, Suo Shan used a, a metaphor of five spices uh, being in harmony in like a soup, leading to both harmonious flavor and harmonious mind. Uh, apologies if I'm mm. butchering this Chinese. I do not speak the language. Annie is kindly helping me behind the scenes. Um, Yes, and I have been removed for a minute. So blame all of us on me. <laughs> Don't blame it on Lauren. Oh. Um, we did try to look it up. I'll we did, that, we but. did. Um, well, on top of this, people also thought that these spice blends were tasty and could elevate dishes to new heights. Oh, yeah. Um, and also of note, historians looking into Chinese cuisine have pointed out that yeah, the concept of five flavors became something common when it came to ingredients and spices, referring to more than just these five primary flavors that we've discussed. Yeah, uh, five being a kind of common num number of, of of balance of elements. Um, so, so right, the 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 concept of like five components or facets of something dietary got extrapolated out to other areas. Right. Um, and so while we may never know the exact date or even the exact date range of five spice powder, um, there are some pieces of evidence experts have used to posit some theories. And of course, many are contingent on what they defined as five spice. Uh -huh. um, people in China have been experimenting with a spice mix similar to five spice for centuries, uh, trying to find a balance of flavors. And it varied from region to region based on what was available and based on the timing, like it changed over time, based on technology that also changed over time, crops and taste, things like that. Books out of China from the 5th or 6th century BCE refer to using cinnamon and Sichuan peppercorns as seasonings. Uh, so a lot of people are looking at when the ingredients started to get used in this way um, mm -hmm. at all to try to figure out when this was, when it might have come together. Um, at the time, uh, these seasonings might have been expensive and difficult to get a hold of depending on where folks were located. But that changed with the introduction of roads and roots in the country in the 200s-ish BCE. Um, spices and ingredients once isolated in certain regions spread out. Uh, a Song Dynasty cookbook from sometime between 930 and 1276 CE had a recipe for hot fermented soybeans that included several of the five spice ingredients like star anise, fennel, cinnamon, Szechuan peppercorns, dried tangerine peel, and ginger. Ooh, that sounds good. I know, right? Mm. <laughs> By the 16th century, star anise was imported from Southeast Asia and assimilated in China, along with cloves and cardamom. Star anise in particular took off and was planted across the country. And again, you can see our star anise episode for more about that. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, in the early days, these spices were packaged whole in muslin bags and cooked whole in dishes. And these small bags of spices were typically purchased at places specializing in medicine. Um the shopkeepers would sometimes mix the spices in front of the purchasers like they were filling out a prescription. Uh, I read in a few places that rich stewed meat seasoned with five spice was originally pretty much relegated to the wealthy. But that allegedly uh, changed during the Song Dynasty as well when a demotion <laughs> led to a well-known literary figure and gourmet 
named Su Dongpo to serve as an official in an impoverished province. Hmm. And he, he was like desperate to recreate <laughs> some of his up till then fancy taste. Mm, so he mm-hmm. purchased some cheap cuts of local pork and stewed them with five spice powder. And the dish grew in popularity. I read over the generations, but I feel like it was pretty quick uh, and eventually earned the name Dongpo Meat, our Dongpo Pork, which I searched. And yes, is definitely still a thing and you can still order it and I want it <laughs> um, <laughs> in Atlanta. Like, I know it was still a thing <laughs> outside, but I could get it sure. here. Yeah. Um, huh. But that's amazing. That's how far it spread. Um, which speaking of, in the way of things that we so often talk about, it ended up on the table of the rich, even though huh. it was him just trying to recreate something with, like, the cheapest ingredients he had. Wow. Yeah. Um, Su Dung Po apparently wrote a poem about this whole thing. Here is the translation. Huang Zhou's fine pork, as cheap as manure. Rich folk won't touch it. Poor folk can't cook it. But on a slow flame, with a little water... By and by, it takes a fine flavor. Eat a bowl each day on rising, and you'll be so full, you won't have a care in the world. Oh. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Um, (laughs) A record from the Qing Dynasty dating somewhere between 1611 and 1679 CE Mentions a five-spice condiment used for cold noodles, but those five spices were soy sauce, crushed sesame seeds, chopped Szechuan peppercorns, vinegar, and savory broth. So not what we think of. Mm-hmm. Commercially sold five-spice powder is actually relatively new. Um, one popular use quote in a lot of articles that I read suggested it wasn't easy to find as recently as 1980, wow. which I know is still you know, kind of far away, but that's pretty recent to me. Like, yes, yeah, that's, uh, yes, thank you for saying that's not too far away. Um, <laughs> I appreciate that on a deeply personal level. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Ancient times. Oh, oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't know, no, 40-some years ago is, you know, a minute, um, uh, certainly in terms of culinary history. Uh, because yeah, right, right. That's like, that's like vaguely within my lifetime. And I'm like, oh, wow. I mean, it makes sense though, with the expansion, especially in, um, the United States of, of cuisines other than like English (laughs) (laughs) and maybe French, um, in the 1980s. Yes. And, and and waves of immigration for sure. Oh, sure. Um, Yeah. But the popular quote comes from a a scholar in Chinese cuisine and she was saying like yeah we would go we would still in the 1980s go and get Chinese five spice at the herbal herbal medicine store like wow. you just you just couldn't find those things other places mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah but again listeners if you have any experience any recipes anything like that we, we would love to hear from you because I could I looked for when did it become kind of commercially available and I couldn't find any I couldn't nail down a specific number um I just assume it sort of happened as Chinese food in the U.S. became more uh common more commercially available but yeah 
Yeah, and and with the pro- proliferation of um of of you know celebrity chefs like uh, like Martin Yan mm. of of Yan Can Cook and um and I don't know like like Iron Chef stuff like that coming over and yeah. getting getting some of that influence as well. I did run into a lot of celebrity chefs who had their own personal recipes for five spice powder. So that definitely makes sense. That's that's excellent. The only celebrity recipe I saw for it was from Gordon Ramsay and I was kind of like, I'm not gonna click on that. <laughs> right. <one." laughs> no offense. No offense, Mr. Ramsay. <laughs> Don't come after us. I am a weak constitution. <laughs> Can't handle it. Oh, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um truly would love to hear from listeners, especially if you have like a holiday recipe. That you use uh, oh, five yeah. spice powder with, yeah. If yes. this inspires you to uh, to kind of mm. recreate a holiday recipe with it, then let us know. Yes, please let us know. But that is what we have to say about five spice powder for now. It is. Uh, we do already have some listener mail for you, though, and we are going to get into that as soon as we get back from one more quick break for a word from our sponsors. We're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with listener, listener. Mail. Mail. Oh. It's the warming and cooling qualities. Yeah. Look, I am freezing right now. <laughs> <laughs> My feet are so cold. <laughs> I'm wearing like three pairs of socks and oh. some slippers. <sighs> um. So I could use some warming You could, qualities. you could, yeah, yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Do, do, doing that just reminded me of um, of recording the. I I, I did a, a reading for one of our other in house horror anthology series called Twelve Days. It was originally going to be Twelve <laughs> Days of Christmas, and then we backed off of that. But anyway, it's like Aaron Menke's <laughs> Twelve Days, which has less of a ring to it, but that's okay. Attention. The actual title of the show is Aaron Minky's 12 Ghosts. It was originally 12 Ghosts of Christmas. Uh, everyone who's worked on both 13 Days of Halloween and 12 Ghosts makes this mistake all the time. Um, but I, I read <laughs> a piece for that um, last year uh, written by the excellent local writer Kit Fay. Uh, and during it, I had to record all of this like shivering Mm. noise because my character was everyone's character is like walking through a snowy woods Mm. on a winter evening um when you first meet them and I was like how do you how do you make that noise into a microphone (laughs) do you want my teeth to chatter like what (laughs) (laughs) shall I get an ice pad because <laughs> I feel like the noise that I usually make when I'm that cold is like I'm going inside, which isn't, which I don't think is what the director was looking for. So yeah, it's like burrowing <laughs> under blankets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> I love some haunted Christmas winter stuff. I love. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's almost a spookier season than Halloween. Like Halloween is kind of fun times for me. Like, like, yeah. like winter solstice-ish season is very spooky. Um, yeah. Once you get that like cool howling wind. 
Yeah. And the cold. Oof. Yeah. The dark, the early dark. Yeah. Uh, tw- 12 days uh, available wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Again, the actual title of the show is Aaron Menke's 12 Ghosts. Thank you for your attention. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm uh-huh. ready. I've like have missed. <sighs> I tried to. I've already started my holiday movies, but I'm like, but where am I? Like scary holiday. Oh movies? well, Krampus Nacht is coming up, so yes, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. All right, all right, all right, all right. Okay. Um, we have a couple of messages from Arik. Uh, the first one. Covers a, a range of topics, uh, starting with Pan Dumerto, which I apologize because I kept adding an S on it in the episode. Oh, I think that's that's a typical. Um, I think that's that's pretty typical. It's I I was trying really hard to not do it, but I've always said colloquially Pan de Muertos because it's Dia de los yeah. Muertos. Yeah. But all of the like Spanish language resources that I found did not pluralize it. So anyway. Yeah. Here we are. Well. Thank you, Lauren, and thanks to all you listeners uh, for being very kind about it. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, no, no one said anything, but I was like waiting for it. Oh, oh, no. um, uh, all right. Uh, Arik wrote, Maurice Pooh. <laughs> uh, sounds wonderful. Celebration breads cover such a great spectrum. Always interesting to see what various people do. It is interesting that while there are a lot of differences, you can see how different influences have come into things. Now I really want a loaf or 12 of each type. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Lardo is definitely interesting. There are many ways to enjoy it. Such a wonderfully rich tasting product. If you are pan finishing a pasta dish in a skillet, toss a few thin slices into the mix. Oh. And if you want to wrap your partner in <laughs> you do you. But I agree, probably better not to cook them. <laughs> Got it. Um, I think some nice grilled ciabatta slices and tossing on some lardo and malt on sea salt right as it comes off. Mm. Maybe a thin slice of heirloom tomato and fresh basil as well. Mm. Uh, the Fanny Farmer episode was interesting. Had really only heard the name. Learned all sorts of interesting things. Did not realize it was Fanny that really pushed standardizing measurements. Makes a world of difference to give people a starting point. Do you have a Pemicon queued up at all? Pemicon episode. I don't recall an episode on it, and it sounds interesting. And finally, 13 days of Halloween was amazing as usual. Everyone involved nailed it again. Oh, oh thanks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Arik also wrote in about chowder. Uh, loved the chowder episode. Lauren will come at you to keep bringing up stuff that people will argue about. Always love a good chowder and always interesting to see what people will come up with. With clam chowder, I love both the New England style and the Manhattan style. It depends on what my mood is at the time. I agree with Lauren on the oyster crackers. For some reason, there is a time where a handful of them plain to snack on just hits a spot. If you really want to try something, dip them in some white barbecue sauce. Hopefully, we can get some more recipe poetry corner. Well, yes. I We've had that in our list for a long time. <laughs> long time. Yeah, yes. And speaking I think of the winter season like we might we might have some some poetry shorts for you yes. sometime. Um I've had I've had one on my list to do for a while at least. Um but uh 
Let's see. Let's go. Uh, let's go vaguely in order. Um, uh, <laughs> lardo uh, melting it into pan-finished pasta. Yes. Yes. I'm trying to find some. I looked today and I, uh, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to go deeper, I think. Okay. All but right. I want some des- desperately. <laughs> yeah, we've got a couple really good local butchers around Atlanta that um, that mm. do um, that that do their own curing programs. Um, mm. mm-hmm. The names of all of which I'm forgetting right now. So well, this is helpful. That's all right. But, no. <laughs> but if you Google like Atlanta butcher, I, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I always make it sound like I have no way to find <laughs> out. Um, I do appreciate your expertise and thoughts. Uh, Lauren, but I yes, I could look it up. Yeah, you have <laughs> you you do have the technology, literally. Um, <laughs> resources. <laughs> yes. Uh, pe- pemmican, pemmican. Um, uh, we have not done an episode on it. It has been in the back of my mind for a while. Uh, it does sound like a super interesting thing to dive into, um, and is also one of the kind of things that I would love to find, like. Uh, an indigenous researcher who has mm. looked into the history of this kind of thing to invite on to to tell us what we don't know. Right. Because that's that's something that's come up a lot in certain episodes. We've never done an episode on it, but we have yeah. talked about it several times. Um, and yeah, agreed. Totally agreed. And yeah, uh, yes, the chowder I have found <laughs> in the listener mail. Um People do have very strong opinions, <laughs> and I love it. Great. I love it. <laughs> so into that. <laughs> I personally think it's great. <laughs> um, I have yeah. I have procured a can of Manhattan uh, style clam chowder that seems <gasps> that seems like it's from like a legitimate yeah. soup source. It's <laughs> legitimate soup source. I mean, by which I mean it's not like it's not like condensed Campbell's or something right, like that. I got like you, you know, um, <laughs> I have not consumed it yet, uh, but okay. you know, well, report back. <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs> please, please, <laughs> a legitimate soup. Source. That's great. Um, oh yeah, and uh, also several listeners have written in about how they like to eat. Oyster crackers. Oh, yeah. Whether it's like with dill seasoning or there's a lot of things you can do with oyster crackers. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 Um, Totally on board with that. Really, really snackable, especially right like for like a like a holiday, holiday season Mm. kind of kind of time. Yeah. If you need something vaguely quick and easy to put out, that's also just like, oh, yeah, I could eat a large quantity of these. Let's go. Mm hmm. I do like them sprinkled on soup, but not too many. But, like, then it gives you a nice crunch every now and then. Mm. Then they get soggy. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Arik, for writing in. Uh, We always love to hear from you listeners. We love hearing your your recipes, uh, holiday time recipes. Um, So if you would like to contact us, you can. Our email is hello at saberpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod, and we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way.
This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry. The world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 